0: Body modifications were really a large part of me coming into the fullest expression of myself growing up in my family and just kind of, you know, the world was changing and tattoos and piercings weren't like as big of a deal when I was growing up, but in my family it was not an acceptable form of (laughs) self-expression.
1: Hello friends, I'm here today with Sarah. Uh, They're a member of our Avanti community, and I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about personal expression. Uh, So why don't we start by hearing a little bit about you?
0: I've done a lot of things in my life, so the question like about me and where I've been is always an interesting question. Um, I'm an artist uh, at the moment, and that's kind of what I'm uh, pursuing with my life right now. I've also been a neuroscientist, a classically trained dancer, a hairstylist, a makeup artist. Uh, worked in nightlife for 10 years, so I've kind of been all over the place. It's awesome.
1: Neuroscientist <laughs> to artist, that is quite a transition. It is.
0: Um, I feel like I kind of bounced back and forth between worlds for a while where, um, you know, my dancing was very much creative expression, as was the, you know, hair and makeup artistry. And then I kind of burned out in those fields uh in a lot of ways uh, for a lot of different reasons and then i went kind of to the other side of things and like the more science minded and kind of what i realized it was that it being a creative in this world is hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) we live in a very like linear um you know, linear goal oriented directed world and sometimes to be a creative and to be successful and to, you know, own your own business or to operate within the parameters of the society that we live in as it is, um, it kind of kills the creativity vibe. (laughs) And that's what I kind of realized, like going back and forth of like, okay, let me try this other thing. No, that's not really for me either. I find it super interesting. And now I've landed back at uh artists and also um i am a yoga teacher i don't really teach anywhere right now but i have over 500 hours of teacher training (laughs) um so i'm kind of in this place of like bridging the gap between all of these things that i've done and letting them amalgamate into this expression of myself and that's taking place right now through art so that's where i'm at (laughs) that's
1: so cool i can definitely relate um i went to school for art as a photographer and a sculptor and then now I'm in business <laughs> then you know quarantine hit and it's like oh now business is kind of like slow so now I'm art again.
0: <laughs> and that's kind of the cool you know if you have to find a silver lining I feel like that's kind of the cool thing about what is happening in the world right now is everybody all of a sudden not everyone I shouldn't say that but a lot of people are finding themselves with a lot of spaciousness and time yeah. and it's really conducive to a lot of emotional processing and I think for people who are creative do it you know it's I see a lot of people reconnecting to their art people were like oh I haven't painted in 15 years but all of a sudden here's all of this work that I'm doing is super cool. (laughs) It is super cool to see.
1: Uh, It's interesting it's like it restarted everybody like a reboot you know. Um, I definitely felt like I was launched back in time to like eighth grade when I was first kind of like creative you
0: know (laughs) yeah absolutely and I it's funny that you say that because I think that was around the time that I stopped painting when I was younger Uh, and I I literally didn't pick up a paintbrush until you know a few years ago I'm 35 so like four years ago I started painting again and was like wow (laughs) you know yeah
1: Uh, is painting your favorite medium?
0: I do painting and collage work. I also like to upcycle things. Um, if I see something in my immediate, you know, I, I painted a chair the other day, because I'm like, I don't like the way that looks in here. I'm going to make it different colors.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about what you're currently working on?
0: Sure. Um, I I mean, I can show you. Is that easier? Yeah, let me. I'm like
1: so nosy. I'm like, I want to see.
0: <laughs> Let me just figure out how to flip my screen around so that this is a little bit easier. There we go. We'll switch camera. Um, so one of my pieces, this is my, my pieces are never done yeah. is, is my biggest issue. I, as I'm like, when are they ever done? They're kind of just sitting in my immediate environment, but I, let's see, here's some works in process. This is a pair of shoes that i have been kind of upcycling for my partner he was in a bad car accident 10 years ago and can only wear new balance and they're not the most attractive shoes so i started painting them for him that's
1: awesome
0: um and then here's some other things that are kind of in process this is my one of my spaces i also have a uh like kind of a loft for larger pieces where I can you know throw paint at the walls and not have to be careful.
1: That's awesome. Oh well, Yeah. Um, when you begin painting do you start with an idea or do you just begin putting paints on whatever it is?
0: I really got back into art by not having an idea of what I was doing. I think that's where a lot of my frustration would come up when I was younger as I'd had this idea in my head of what my finished product was gonna look like. And then when I couldn't correlate that because I didn't have the skill set or because I just, you know, it, it wouldn't match up and then I'd get really frustrated. And the way I got back into art was kind of having someone just set materials out in front of me and make suggestions and be like, you know, here's this if you wish and that if you wish. And through that, I just, I would begin to feel something moving through me. So my artistic expression now is just, Like, you can see there's a lot of layers in some of my work. It's like, you can see, like, okay, I was pissed off this day, and then I came (laughs) back this day feeling better, and was like, oh, smooth the edges there a little bit. Um, But it's very much energy flowing through onto canvas or via images.
1: That's so interesting. Um, I, I definitely do the same. I noticed a lot of the frustration that came from art school was, you know, it's got to have a concept and here's like all the rules and it felt so like, and you have to do it in a week. <laughs> right. And it feels so like constrained because I think as artists, we're more spiritual, you know, yeah. energy focused. And a lot of it can't be contained into a little tiny paragraph, like.
0: <laughs> and that's, it kind of circles back to that, you know, that linear mindset, really killing creatives and, uh, it um, I learned through a lot of my yoga training about masculine and feminine energy or yin and yang energy to, to be more because uh, it's not about male or female, um, but that that yin energy is that nebulous. I'm gonna bounce from this thing to this thing, and it can't necessarily be contained in a certain time period. And a lot of creatives function that way. And then that other you know yang goal directed energy is like is very linear, and so marrying the two together um is really difficult (laughs) (laughs) you're like okay this is art school i have to turn this in i have to have some type of grade like you can't just be like you know do whatever you want and we'll figure it out along the way it's school you're paying for it you you want it to uh, be a certain thing but it's really hard to merge those two things and i think it's an interesting thing that is playing out in real time in the world right now
1: yeah it's really interesting um when you begin a project do you do it so i've talked to some artists who um they just go out and they like have a structured approach even though they aren't structured people and so they'll just like i'm gonna paint every day or do you paint when you feel like it
0: um i'm on a journey with that right now it was initially i'm gonna paint when i feel like it and then it's turned into something that I'm taking a little bit more seriously, so I'm trying to show up for it as though it were a job um, and be devoted to it enough that I'm like, okay, I'm going to show up every day no matter how I'm feeling and at least put some time in. Um, I read a book recently, I think it's called The War of Art. And not all of it resonated, but the one thing that uh, the author says in the book, book is the difference between the novice and the professional is the professional shows up you know and you're not you're not so precious with it of like oh I'm only gonna paint when I'm feeling this type of way like no you show up and maybe what you make isn't great that day but you show up every day and you do it and I was like okay all right I I felt that
1: (laughs) yeah I mean and that that would play a part of marrying the two energies you know the one that's more linear and the one that's more curvy you know (laughs) Oh, that's so interesting. Um, so with your collage work, is that, how do you go about creating a collage? I'm interested in starting collage work, so like this is particularly <laughs> my personal question. How did you start? Do you like go through old magazines? Did you yes. purchase
0: a bunch of stuff? Okay. It's really for me uh, going through magazines and I just pull out if I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Um, and then I, We'll kind of start a collage by choosing like five or six different images, and then I kind of go off that. Um, I place them where I feel, and then there'll be a pattern that emerges that's like, okay, here's this kind of color scheme, so let me look through my images and find red. And then that can be in the shape of like, a little image of a piece of jewelry, or a nature, something, nature or something like that. But generally there's a theme that emerges from what I've chosen, even though I didn't go into it with a theme in mind. And then I like to paint on top of the collage work and kind of add some texture. That's cool. Um, That's
1: fun. That's super fun. I do put it together and then create it out of pastels. And I thought that was just like the most fun I've ever had drawing, because I'm not a drawer.
0: (laughs) Same, I'm not either. It's definitely,
1: I like paint, I like pigment.
0: Um <laughs> for me. I'm I'm not uh, a realist in any way and I yeah, I'm not really great at drawing sketches, sure. Little characters and creatures, fine, but
1: <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm right in the same I can I can draw like a mean pair, but <laughs> <laughs> that's about it.
0: <laughs> I feel you there.
1: Have you ever found that maybe your artwork revealed something about you that you were struggling with, or you were thinking about subconsciously, but you didn't realize until you were oh, like
0: totally? Um, and, and that's kind of with all of my work is there the more the larger the body of work that I created, the more I saw like these themes emerging. And then when I look back at some of my collage work, I'm like, oh, because <laughs> you were feeling this type of way, and then. Um, just looking at the images that I had chosen, there's a vibe. You know, it's like when you have like a, a vision board or like a Pinterest board. Like there, there's a vibe to it, and I think that I, I learned my vibe via my artwork for sure.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Um, how has your um, your t- artistic expression through your own creativity um, related to your body modifications?
0: Um it's really, the body modifications were really a large part of me coming into the fullest expression of myself. Um, Growing up in my family and just kind of, you know, the world was changing and tattoos and piercings weren't like as big of a deal when I was growing up, but in my family, it was not an acceptable form of (laughs) self-expression. I I got my eyebrow pierced when I was like 16 and my dad didn't talk to me for two weeks. (laughs) He was really upset about it. Um, So it was always kind of, I always knew that I wanted like the tattoos that I have and to get like a full sleeve and to do facial piercings, but there was a part of me that was holding out because I had worked in all of these different realms. I'm like, okay, if I go into science, like, is that going to be okay, is that going to jive? And when I hit my 30s, I kind of let go of all of that. And I'm like, you know, if I'm not, if my self-expression is not, if the environment that I'm trying to go into is not conducive to my own self-expression, then I shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, and so it's it really came down to just self-ownership and like, you know, owning all the parts of myself and letting that be expressed through my appearance.
1: Yeah, it probably, you know, cemented your own, like, self-worth, like, you know, I am worth feeling like myself more than this sure. job.
0: Yeah, and it's, um, it's funny because it goes in both directions. It was also when I got really involved in, the yoga community and doing like yoga and mindfulness trainings um there's also a perception in that community believe it or not of like what what you should look like if you're a you know spiritual person I'm sure you're familiar with that and it's not that anybody's imposing that it's just that the majority of people you know people tend to homogenize a little bit in Mm -hmm. whatever roles they're in and so there was a little bit of that, you know, kind of in the back of my mind with that too, of like, oh, if, you know, maybe I shouldn't be coloring my hair or like, you know, like it just <laughs> like that it's not too me. organic. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's uh, owning the parts of ourselves that are sticky like that is a really good exercise for, for everyone because it touches on your not enoughness. Like, I'm not going to fit in if I don't do these things. And it's not even necessarily that it's a conscious thing. It's just something that we all do in order to be accepted and to move through life uninhibited.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, challenging those ideas like, you know, I'm not good enough or I won't be accepted if I've done this to my body. You know, when you do it and you realize that you are accepted by the people that truly matter, it's a very like, home feeling like you know like it's like nothing else like these are my people this is my place
0: And that's (laughs) pardon me the people who matter are not going to be bothered by it you know yeah
1: i mean my i got my eyebrows pierced my mom didn't notice for like a month
0: (laughs) (laughs) i actually came home with my septum ring and my husband didn't notice right away (laughs) he was like what's different i'm like really (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I've done that before, I'm like, so any new piercings, and he's like, ah.
0: and <laughs> it kind of goes to show, people don't actually pay attention to our appearance as much as we think that they do. Um, I started wearing, because uh, I, I love having short hair, but I, for different looks, I wear wigs when I go out, um, and I, lo- I love to wear wigs and like have a different Like there's a whole persona that goes with an outfit and I love doing that. It's kind of just like taking, getting ready to the next level and, you know, everything we do when we, you know, if you're going out and you're put, you know, if you're the person who puts on makeup and styles your hair and does an outfit, that's a costume to a point. Yeah, I've kind of been next leveling with that, but it's funny to me how few people really notice, like someone will have seen me the day before with this hair and then I'll have like a you know, a long bob that's blonde and super thick. They're like, oh, your hair looks really good today. I'm like, really? You just saw <laughs> me yesterday. you know I have like one side of my head shaved and my hair- It grew
1: like, like 10 inches overnight. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's It's been kind of amazing to me that even the most observant people in my life, they just don't, people don't take stock of our appearance quite in the way we think that they do. And that's been an interesting thing for me to realize too.
1: <laughs> it's so true, yeah. Um, it's it's fun i've talked a lot about the idea that you know when you meet your people you definitely have this kind of like more of a soul connection than like a eyeball connection you know it's not really like seeing like oh i see this about you it's like i see you for you and then everything else is just dressing
0: absolutely um i have a funny situation with that where i tend to think that uh people with larger personalities are taller than they actually are (laughs) I have have a couple of friends who are just under five foot, and when I learned that, I was like, wait, no, you're not. And then looking, I'm like, oh, yes, you are, but your personality makes you appear, you know, larger to me. And it's because, yeah, it's because of that soul connection, you know, it's more of an energetic bond than it is, uh, you know, a visual or auditory thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I've definitely, I do this thing where if I, I just assume people who are taller than me are older than me. So that's a little bit of the reverse. Like, we'll have like a 15 year old kid comes to the studio and I'm like thinking like he's like probably like 30. He's like, so much taller. I'm like, yes, sir. Like,
0: <laughs> you're like, wait, this kid's 15.
1: What? I'm 15. I'm in charge. Uh- <laughs> What was your first body modification?
0: Oh, let's see. I my belly button, which I pierced myself when I was fourteen. Don't Uh, do that if you're
1: listening at home.
0: Please don't. Please don't. I can tell you all about the fallout, but you can Google that. (laughs) Uh, So that was my first one, and that was because of um, you know the the stigma within my family it was like I couldn't go it's not like I could go and get it done in like a safe way and I really wanted it yeah. um, you know I and that was a learning experience for sure. <laughs> but that was uh, that was my first one I got my eyebrow when I was 16 and then had some ear piercings uh, I've gone you know I've had three or four and then gone down to two. Um, my septum and my nose ring, I didn't do until a few years ago. Um, but I think I thought, I i had the septum idea in my head for about a year before I did it. Which is, I like to do that with piercings and tattoos. I'm like, you know, if, I, if I'm if i thinking about it for longer than six months, then it's definitely something that I want. And yeah. I'm cool putting it on my body. But I think that there's a, There's a lot of thought for me that goes into, you know, self-expression via uh, body artistry and body modification, for sure.
1: Yeah. I've noticed um, in my own, like, you know, personality and things like that, I go back to my natural color of hair when I'm having a really hard time in life. I'm a redhead. Um, And so my friends and my family have been like, are you okay, Jess? Whatever my hair is like, my roots are going out. (laughs) And it's... (laughs) Go ahead. It's interesting. It's like it becomes, you know, your your piercings, your tattoos, your hair, your makeup, it becomes an extension of who you are, which is such a, like, fun and interesting concept. I like what you said about, you know, putting the wigs on and, like, it's a whole persona.
0: It is. Uh, and it's funny that you say that about the hair. Because that's what it feels it's like, you know? Uh, it's the same thing for me. My hair gets cut whenever I'm, like, entering a new chapter and, like, just coming out of, like, a a dumpster fire of a situation or a period of time I always cut my hair off always <laughs> and when I'm going through some stuff I always want to grow it out and get bangs and I'm always, you know <laughs> I'm like why would you do that you already know <laughs>
1: it's so true it's like uh for a little bit there I was even going through like seasons like actual physical seasons I would notice that I would want to dye my hair black in fall and then it would turn like blonde in winter and then i'd be red for just a little bit probably in those like low vitamin d kind of months and then <laughs> it would go to purple and then <laughs> it's just really we're all creatures of habit even within in our like
0: expressive selves <laughs> Yeah. And the more you get to know somebody, the more you can tell that they're feeling some type of way by their appearance. And like, you know, oh, Sarah cut her hair off. She must be entering a new phase, you know? So it's, and it's the more you start to pay attention to the people in your life and the way they express themselves, if they are expressive in their appearance, um, the more you see that. And it's kind of cool. It's like kind of a cool way to get to know somebody without really having to like, ask them questions I'm like I've just known you long enough that I know your cycles (laughs) (laughs) exactly
1: um do you have a preference between the semi-permanent like um, piercings or the permanent like tattoos or do you see them as having their own place in your expressive journey
0: um they have their own Ask me that in a different way. I'm not sure I'm understanding your meaningfully. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm like, that wasn't very clear. I feel like I asked the same question twice and not a different question. Um, I Talked to one gal who said she really liked having tattoos because they were permanent. Um, uh, and then like me personally, I love my tattoos being permanent, but I enjoy the flexibility of
0: piercings. I, I feel you. Um, Yeah, I think that it's, there's definitely a play, there's definitely a thought process that plays out for both like there's definitely more serious consideration for me that goes into tattooing than it does for piercing um, with facial piercings I think I initially started off with the septum because I was like you know what if I don't want a facial piercing I'm not gonna have a scar a visible scar from it because I, I do have one from uh, my eyebrow piercing um, but I guess I never actually thought about—I never really thought about the delineation between the two. But you're right; it is a little bit easier to change up and, you know, like let a piercing close up or not wear it. Um, and tattoos are definitely like that's permanent. I had one on my ankle that I tried to have removed, and after 22 sessions, removal sessions, it wasn't—still wasn't going anywhere. So I ended up having it covered. So I've definitely <laughs> had a journey with the permanence of tattoos. Um, my advice being, don't get them when you're a teenager. <laughs> yes, very good advice. <laughs>
1: Wait. <laughs> I always say, like, you know, even sometimes waiting after you turn 18, like a good year after you're 18. Um, My sister turned 18 this last year and I told her she could get a tattoo, I'd get her a tattoo, but she had to pick it and like it by the time she turned 19. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and that's the truth. My, you know, my first tattoo was when I was 14, and I mean, like, you know, think back to where where you were, you know, psychologically and emotionally when you're 14, and then compare it to where you are now. <laughs> like, you're not gonna. There's certain things that are gonna be cohesive, but you're not gonna resonate with the same things that you do. It's so uh, true. <laughs> yeah, and I waited waited until I was in my 30s to get my full sleeve. I have another tattoo on my chest that I got in my early 20s that I absolutely love, but after the whole removal process with that first one, I was like, you know, I'm just gonna hang on to this for a while and. <laughs> yeah. You know, in my 30s, I'm like, I, I feel like I can make a decision about permanent body art at this period of my life without feeling like I'm gonna have regrets.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I've definitely, um, I have, I don't know if you've seen this meme, but it's free shavacado or free avocado, but it looks like shavacado. Oh, no, I have not. Well, it's I have it tattooed <laughs> behind my ear.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um,
1: definitely my least thought out tattoo. And I... <laughs> um, I after that, I was like, OK, I understand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get it.
1: I get it. Um, my best friend has a matching one. We both have it behind her ear. That's um cute. It's a meme we think is funny. Glory. Right. It's cute. <laughs> Would I have gotten it behind my ear? Next to my face, if I thought it out a little bit more, no, you not,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know, at least it's a cute little behind the ear. Your friend has a matching one, and it'll always remind you of that time,
1: <laughs> exactly. And you know, when people look at me, they're like, Do you have avocado tattoo behind your ear? and I have to say yes,
0: yeah, <laughs> I actually had. I- we did a training with a girl who had a, a big avocado tattoo on her arm. It was super, it was really cute. I was like, that's not something I would have ever thought of. It was super
1: cute. Avocados are in right now. Right? <laughs> they are like all over the commercials. I'm like, I thought avocados were cool before they
0: were all over the commercials. <laughs> I've been avocado toast for twenty years.
1: <laughs> right. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> now it's trending. Um. What advice would you give to someone who is kind of in that slump creatively where they want to start um, maybe getting back to uh, the roots or they are they have a creative mindset, but they're afraid of what maybe the community will think of their work?
0: my advice personally because i definitely went through that and there was probably two years where i absolutely refused to let anyone see my art because it felt so personal and so like connected to me um and then two things if someone you know for someone getting back into creativity i think the most important thing to do is give yourself freedom and permission set aside a block of time set up some materials in front of yourself, maybe start out with an inspiration, maybe don't, and just play. Remember what it was like to be a kid and just play. Um, Cause some of my best techniques that I've learned have been happy accidents where I I just sat down and I, I thought I fucked something up, but it actually ended up looking really cool. And if I hadn't given myself permission to just do what I wanted to do, it never would have happened. Um, and then the other thing Was something a mentor told me of when once you've finished a piece or once you've finished a session on a piece, you are no longer the same person that you were when you started the piece. So there's a disconnect there. There's always going to be a disconnect between that piece and your future self. So, you know, sometimes you might hate something and then come back to it six months later and be like, oh, wow, this is actually really cool. and just remembering that can kind of help to cut that cord between you and your artwork of like it's something that moved through you it's not a piece of you and once it's once it's out there in the world it's it's kind of it's for the world now it's not really for you anymore so there's like like once I got that mindset in my head I started being a little bit more open and with showing people my art and with getting it out there and the way I was received was really great. That's what With that awesome. in mind.
1: Yeah, I, I think I would also add to that is, you know, if someone doesn't like the piece that you've done, then they're not the ones that the piece was for.
0: Yeah, and tagging onto that, um, if you want your art to be not mediocre, it's really great for people to hate your art. <laughs> like, <Exactly>. you know? <laughs> If people either love it or hate it, either one's pretty great. It means you got a reaction. Yeah. You know, you heard something emotionally. Like, I don't want anybody to look at my pieces and go, <laughs> you know, I mean, some will for sure. But, like, yeah. that's the reaction that I'm really going for.
1: Well, that's like grocery store art versus, like, yeah. you know, mass produced versus, like, I've created this.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, inoffensive versus this is a an expression of some sticky shit that came out and, you know, is maybe going to stir up some sticky shit in someone else.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, and that's a really good point, too, because if someone looks at your art and doesn't like it, you know, it is a reflective process. It's kind of like a mirror. And if they're looking at it, they're maybe wrestling with themselves. And yeah, we all know that's
0: hard. (laughs) It's not something that you really uh, get in the moment, you know, but then... The, you know, if, you, if you're contemplative about it, the more you think about it, you're like, why did I hate that so much? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's
1: awesome. Um, well, I want to let you enjoy the rest of this day, um, but I want to thank you so much for your time your heart and your perspective on art and creativity and becoming yourself.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It was really great to chat about this and I love it.
1: Yeah, I'm excited when this is all over and you can hopefully come back into our studio. <laughs> yeah,
0: would be great to see you in person.
1: <laughs> well, I hope you have a great rest of your day.
0: Thank you. You too. Be well. You too. Bye. Bye.